Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 159. Three ways that duty sex perpetuates orgasm bias. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me for today's episode, where we are going to get into some good stuff, important stuff. We're going to talk about orgasm bias and how a lot of society is set up this way, really to kind of foster and perpetuate a one-sided orgasm bias. That means that the way that things are set up really promotes the male orgasm over the female orgasm. So we're going to talk about this and how when we just have duty sex with our spouse, we allow this bias, this orgasm bias to continue. So let's just talk about the word duty for a second. Duty is defined as a moral or legal obligation, a responsibility, conduct or respect due to parents or superiors, obligatory tasks, services, or functions that arise from one's position, rank, or status, assigned service or business, and obligation or response or a responsibility to perform. So if we think about that, sometimes people really enjoy the concept of duty. Those are not usually the clients that come to me. They are usually struggling. My clients are usually struggling with the concept of being intimate out of duty. They don't like this reason. Now, if you like this reason, that's great, right? Some people really can get behind this and say, I want to be a good wife. It's my duty to be intimate with my husband. And when they are intimate, they feel amazing. They're like, I've I've done my job. I've been doing my job and I'm doing it great. Those people usually are not the ones that are listening to this podcast or coming to me for life coaching advice. So what we want to talk about is the ones that really struggle with the concept of duty. So if we look at some of the words in these definitions, we see obligation, we see one's rank and status, we see the word superior, we see responsibility to perform. So when these words are associated with the definition of duty and duty to perform and be intimate, that can really lower our desire to be intimate. If we don't like those definitions, if we're like, oh, something else I've got to do, more service for other people, and we can easily disconnect it from our own rewards and our own pleasure and just doing more service for others. And sometimes that works and sometimes it does not. So it kind of depends and that can even fluctuate from day to day according to what is happening in our lives. So when we think about this word obligation, 
we know that that means that there is something that we are bound to do, right? It's some kind of commitment. But part of the concept of obligation also means that we are restricted. This is one of the definitions of obligation. We are restricted to one particularly characteristic mode of life, which usually has to do with a force, a constraint, being pressed or driven or pressured to do something. And since we're talking about orgasm bias, what usually comes along with this is going to be a focus and this restriction to mainly making sure that the male or the husband's orgasm is taking place. This usually has priority. And so when that has priority, it makes us often feel <laughs> that we're lower on the priority list, right? That there, we're lower in status or rank, we're lower in position, and that perhaps our husband is superior and his satisfaction and gratification and pleasure is superior to ours. So a lot of times when we are having thoughts like this, it will lower our desire to be intimate because we may say like, well, what's in it for me? <laughs> if my husband's getting most of the pleasure, what's in it for me? So I want to talk a minute about this concept of bias because I did talk about it last week and the week before when I was talking about that one book and some of the biases that I could see in it and the damage that can do to well-intentioned men who really are seeking to improve the intimacy in their relationship and their marriage as a whole, and some of the traps that they run into when they read something with all these biases. So I really wanted to spend a minute talking about what it is to have a bias and how that's showing up in our society, in media, in the world, and how it's affecting our marriage, our relationship. So I find the definitions of bias extremely fascinating. And I hope this will open your mind as to what is taking place here. So when we look at the definitions of bias, this is what we find. It's a systematic error introduced by encouraging one outcome over others. So I want to stop right here for just a second, because when we take a look at the education that's out there and what's offered on the topic of intimacy, we are going to see this bias. And we're going to see that it leans and it's there's an error of leaving out female orgasm almost entirely. And that means we're encouraging and the the media that's out there is encouraging male orgasm and pleasure over female orgasm and pleasure. So an example of this that I wanted to bring up is the arousal system of male and female. We know that they are two different things. Male arousal is spontaneous and it happens rather quickly and there is nothing that needs to happen before a man is aroused. And female arousal is receptive and responsive. 
meaning that something needs to happen before our body can respond with arousal. So what is really fascinating is if you are looking to learn more about male and female arousal and you get on the internet and you are really have good intentions to increase your understanding about this, what you're going to find is articles and blogs and excerpts from journals that will define spontaneous arousal in one way. And then in another article, it's going to define it in the complete opposite way. And they're going to reverse them. (laughs) So they get them mixed up. And that is what's happening. A lot of times they're going to say men have the spontaneous arousal and female have the receptive and responsive. But then they're either going to define them backwards or in other articles, they're going to reverse them and say that that men have the receptive and responsive and that women have the spontaneous. And I was like, this is not what's happening. This is not correct information. Of course, we have the exceptions to the rules, right? And that's expected. We are going to have some women that have spontaneous arousal. It's just not that. It's just that most women don't have that. And so when we start saying that most women have spontaneous arousal, we are sending, again, incorrect information, and we're not getting that clarity that we actually need in our own relationship, in our own marriage. And so this really becomes a disservice to continue to keep people in the dark. We are still confused, even though there's so much information out there, it's still confusing. It's still not 100% correct. It's not even close. And so we end up just perpetuating the cycle of male orgasm because men know how to have orgasms much easier than women do. Another definition of bias is an unreasoned distortion favoring one thing and it's against another. So it's an unreasoned distortion. So when you think about intimacy and pleasure in a relationship, and if there's a bias there, it means it's it's unreasonable to think that that, that the male orgasm is more important than the females. It's unreasoned. That means a lot of thinking has not gone into this. We need more thinking. We more we need more reasonable reasons, rational reasons for including the female orgasm and having it as a priority equal to the male orgasm. And the final definition of the word bias is a settled and predictable leaning in one direction and connotes unfair prejudice. Now, this one really stands out to me as well, right? Because we hear so many things in today's world about things that are unfair. And we hear things about prejudice in a lot of different arenas over a lot of different things. And I wonder, do we ever think about it in this context when it comes to orgasms and what's being promoted out there? And do we look at that as a type of prejudice? So this is really interesting because if we remember that bias is 
a predictable leaning in one direction, this is what's actually taking place out in the world, is this leaning towards let's have information out there that makes a male orgasm very easy to obtain and it's clear and it's obvious, but we're going to keep the female orgasm and pleasure very obscured. So that is, it ends up not being a priority, especially if we don't know how to obtain female orgasm and pleasure, and there's still confusion about it. Now, we hear a lot in today's world about these concepts of bias and prejudice and things like that. And I also want to talk about this definition because I think it's really going to help. Prejudice is a pre preconceived opinion that is not based in reason or actual experience. So think about this. If what exists out in the world is mainly a prejudice towards male pleasure and male orgasm, that's not based in reason alone. If it's just favoring that and not including the female orgasm, and it's not based in actual experience. If a relationship is only focused on male orgasm and not the females, that relationship is going to be struggling. The female, the woman, the wife is going to be struggling. That relationship is going to be strained. So to say that that is the way it's supposed to be or that's the best setup when a wife is suffering for sometimes 40 years that's probably not the best or most ideal situation for a healthy marriage. Prejudice is an adverse learning formed without just grounds or it's formed before sufficient knowledge. That means that a lot of the information that is out there about pleasure and intimacy and sex and orgasm is based on a lot of assumptions that, again, leave the female experience out. And so when we, when porn is the number one thing that is looked up online, that is definitely in favor of the male orgasm. It is not in favor of the female orgasm or the female arousal system. It ignores it. So we have to make sure we are taking these things into account. And finally, prejudice is defined as an irrational attitude of hostility directed against another or their supposed characteristics. And a lot of times this shows up in like, oh, women are so emotional, <laughs> right? And that's usually looked down down on and with negative connotations and as if there's something wrong with that when women are created to be emotional and to tune into our feelings so that we can be the nurturing parents of our children and the rising generation we're created that way and what a lot of people don't know is that a female the female arousal system is based on emotions so if we have positive emotions coursing through our body, then being able to go into arousal and have an enjoyable sexual experience is much higher. We want to get those good emotions on our side. 
But if we're constantly feeling negative emotions and have stress, high levels of stress that we can't seem to resolve, that is going to have a negative effect on our biological arousal system. It's not made up. That's how the female system, arousal system works. It's based on our emotions. So if we always have negative emotions, it's going to be hard to get in the mood for intimacy. So all of these things lead to a type of sexual intolerance where we develop an unwillingness to accept the female arousal system as valid, especially when the female arousal system is different than the male arousal system. And so this can really show up in the marriage when a husband gets frustrated that his wife doesn't function the way that he does or doesn't get aroused as easily as as he does. And we don't want to have that intolerance. And at the same time, the wife could develop this intolerance when her husband is able to be aroused so quickly and doesn't need the same amount of time that she does or doesn't he doesn't look at other aspects the same way that she does that contribute to her arousal. And so she may start to reject his form of arousal, which is spontaneous because it is not the same as hers. And so when we do this, we start to view our spouse as the enemy because arousal systems are not the same. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to view our spouse as the enemy. <laughs> we just need to really understand that there's this bias that's taking place. It's a one-sidedness that our husbands have grown up with and that we have grown up with as women, and we need to do something about it. So what do we do? So when we have sex out of duty, and when we don't like that reason, then we don't disrupt this bias cycle, and we don't stop the misinformation that is out there. So this means we should not be having sex out of duty. That is an important concept for us to consider, especially as women. If we don't like the reason of duty, we need to have a better reason for being intimate. That doesn't mean just stop having sex. It means we need to define for ourselves a better reason. We don't educate ourselves and so, therefore, we continue to perpetuate this bias cycle of male orgasm. So what do we need to do? We need to educate ourselves about the female arousal system. We need to do that for ourselves. When we don't educate ourselves, we cannot educate our husband, our spouse, because they're not getting that information correctly out in the world. They are not. They are being fed garbage. So when we can learn these things for ourselves as a woman, from a woman, then we can educate our husband. We can educate our spouse and say, this is how it is in reality. I know you've seen this and heard these things, but this is how it is in reality. We don't need to be mad about any of this, these things. We don't need to be angry. We don't need to fall into the victim mode and victim mentality. We don't need to go to blame. What we need to do is become resilient and rise above it and say, that, yes, this is how it is. And there is something I can do about it. 
right? We can do something about it. We don't have to wait around for other people. We can become empowered to break these negative cycles of orgasm bias. So we need to educate ourselves so that we can educate our spouse on female intimacy, on female arousal. And one of the best ways we can do this is learning about the intimacy trek. We need to seek for orgasm inclusion. This is a buzzword, right? Inclusiveness in today's world. And we also need to apply this concept of inclusiveness when it comes to orgasm. The female orgasm needs to be included in the sexual experience in a marriage just as much as the male orgasm. We need to seek and strive for orgasm inclusion because this has been ignored a lot. We need to be able to put back in to the sexual experience between husband and wife, the journey of getting to orgasm just as much as the destination of orgasm itself. We need to say that, hey, the the process of getting aroused and creating that desire is just as valuable and just as valid and just as important as our husband having an orgasm. And more time may need to be spent on that than has been in the past. And we need to make sure that the differences between the female and the male arousal systems are clarified because this is a big systematic error that exists out in the world. And so once we know it, once we can define those differences, we can help to clarify it for our spouse and for our children when they get older and when they get married or our friends and our neighbors who are struggling, we can help reduce this bias. And this is so important. And finally, we can make sure that we have our own reasons for being intimacy. Finally, we can make sure that we have our own reasons for being intimate that have nothing to do with duty. We need to really take a minute to have our own reasons for being intimate that is not based in duty, especially when we don't like that reason. So we can work on those things this week. Now, if you need some extra guidance, please remember that I have a course that's called The Emotional Intimacy Effect, Intimacy Beyond Sex, that dives into this concept in much more detail. It's amazing. And you can get that course for free when you join the Make It Meaningful membership. It's only $39 a month. So be sure to check that out if this is really striking a chord with you and you want to know how to stop this orgasm bias that is taking place out in the world because remember the more you restore this type of intimacy with yourself the more you restore it with your spouse thank you so much for listening today and i hope you will join me again next week